down, and now Caruso runs a break. Caldwell Pope goes to the wing here. The defensive end got blown by back. Oh, yes. Hook jam. Harden stepped back. Puts up the three. Got hit. Shot's good. And one. Hello, everybody. And uh, welcome. Welcome to Trey Ball, episode 15. Uh, the NBA season is now over with. And uh, as you can see, I made promise to what I said. The Los Angeles Lakers have won the NBA championship. You know, I'm not really a Lakers hater. You know, I'm really not. Um, it... It's just that, you know, this this is not how I expected how I expected this year to go. You know, I had Clippers winning the they was my early predictions. You know, I had the Lakers losing in the Western Conference Finals to them, uh, actually. Um and the Clippers couldn't even get past the Nuggets and the semis. So, um and it's also the fact too that like um my friends, you know, or one friend specifically is a Laker fan, and I don't wanna hear his mouth. But, you know, just like him and like LeBron is doing as he's getting these little celebratory, post-celebratory posts and uh, bragging, as I predicted he would, you know, as he should. Congratulations to him and the Los Angeles Lakers for winning the NBA championship. Um, this is not what I expected, you know. Uh, but I did predict it going to six. Then I did. I did predict it going to six. Um, and I was right about that. But, man. Los Angeles Lakers won the one NBA championship. Yep, I kind of wanted like do this show, but like I, I could have pulled up some, some stats and stuff. I didn't feel like doing that. You know, I want kind of freestyle, kind of give like just my genuine thoughts on uh, the series and just the playoffs as a whole. Really, um, let's start with the series. So the series as it, itself, you know, this was a it. It started off as like it was like it was gonna be a blowout. You know, like just a sweep. God, I forbid it would happen, especially in game one when Adebayo went down, Dragic went down, uh, Butler had uh, an ankle injury, but he continued to play. And actually, he was the driving force behind the Heat to even push him to win two games and keep them in this series uh, as long as they did. And he's played phenomenal in these playoffs. Shout out to Jimmy Butler, too. He went from averaging, I saw a stat they pulled up, it went from averaging 19.9 points in the regular season to 22. Five, yeah, about twenty-two points in the postseason to averaging like twenty-seven in the in the finals itself, and each like segment, his field goal percentage increased as well, as well as his rebounds and assists. He even put up like a forty-point triple double in Game Three, which was a big game for him. Uh, and as we saw as the series went on, you know, he played a lot of minutes, uh, especially in the last two games. Uh, game Five, you know, they was able to pull out a win after the blunder <laughs> that. The Lakers, you know, put on with, you know, I I ain't even going, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But, you know, it, this, the series started off looking like it was going to be a blowout, uh, blowout. But game three, Jimmy Butler came in, you know, motivated and, like, put on a show and was very relentless and outdid LeBron. And what many said, 
he outdid LeBron at doing LeBron, really. Because, you know, like I mentioned before, we used to see LeBron James put on these kind of like Herculean performances where he's putting on these massive numbers, like triple-doubles, which he has a couple times in these playoffs because he's averaged 30 points um, into these finals, close to a 29.5. Um, and he had a triple-double in a couple games as well. Um, and that game, though, simply Jimmy Butler just outdid him, you know, in the first quarter. Uh, LeBron James is like talking smack Jimmy Butler saying y'all in trouble <laughs> it was funny the way he said it to you if you watch the video just I don't know <laughs> anyways it, it was funny he said that Jimmy Butler came back and you know it was very relentless and, you know Kelly uh, had a good game that game too because after Autobio went out Spolstra was playing with the lineups and certain Miles Leonard and Kelly Lennox which kind of you know benefited the Heat in some ways because with where Autobio doesn't, like, shoot as many threes or it's... I ain't gonna say he ain't a capable shooter because he can shoot the mid-range, but he don't shoot as many threes. You know, Miles Leonard and Kelly being those bigger bodies and being able to shoot the straight... Excuse me. Being able to shoot the three, you know, it created more spacing. Uh, Kelly, I believe, had 24 points in game three. Um, and, it, like, it, it kind of opened up the floor. Tyler Hero played very good in that game as well, too. That's when he had that little snarl face that you've been seeing circling around the internet. Um, but then after that, you know, game four, Lakers came back, pushing the series up to being 3-1. And then game five, uh, very close game, back and forth. It was a great playoff game, actually. Very uh, game, good game, back and forth. Uh, and like I said, that, that blunder in the last couple of seconds with LeBron James, you know, wasn't even a bad pass. You know, he could have took the shot, but he had a lot of people on him because you want anybody else but LeBron taking that shot, you know. And the way he's playing that game, too, he put on a phenomenal performance that game, like a phenomenal performance. I actually thought they was going to close it out. You know, they had the Mama jerseys. Uh, that was also a, a problem I had with that game, too, because, like, going into that game, you know, you seem like a lot of stuff circling in there. I'm not going to really – I mean, you can put some blame on the Lakers themselves because they never lost in those black Mamba uniforms. And for them to don that jersey for that game gave the impression that they was going – close it out. I mean, as every team should. You know, you should go into it thinking you're going to win. But I feel like they kind of underestimated the heat and what they brought in that game, too. Um, I think that game was Bam's first game back. Uh, if that was not that game, it was probably game four. Drives going to come back in game six. Um, they kind of underestimated them in that, in that game. Could he eventually won uh, as LeBron, you know, kicked it out to Danny Greenman and Danny Greenman said wide open three. Um, which, you know, you can get mad at him if you want. I'm like, yeah, he missed a wide open three. But really, I don't see a lot of people talking about is Mark Keith Morris and what he did once he got the rebound. He just kind of just, I don't know who he was throwing it to. I don't know if he saw the ghost of Kobe, Kobe Bryant coming from the from the, from the the baseline or something. He tried to throw a lob or something. I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do. He just literally just threw the ball up like I don't know. I guess he's trying to throw it to the post AD, but LeBron James is opening a three. Um, so I didn't see him getting as much flack like Danny Green did. He got some depth there. That's, that's pretty tragic. People actually do that. But that's the Lakers fan base for you. You know, they are like the NBA version of the Cowboys, even though I am a Cowboy fan, or like the NBA version of UK fans, even though I do go to UK. I'm not like those people. You know, I may be fans of these people or attend school or that school. I'm not like those people. But anyways, so that happened. And, you know, game six came. And, you know, like I said, you just seen the wear and tear on Jimmy Butler. You know, I'm spending, I'm spending most of this time kind of talking about the Heat, but I'm going to transition and talk about the Lakers too. Um, you see in that game, Jimmy Butler 
was exhausted. Because he played, I think, in game five. He only was out for like two minutes of that game. You know, salute to Jimmy Butler, who's been playing phenomenal and has been a big catalyst for this Miami Heat to be, to make it to the NBA Finals. You know, people, including me, you know, questioned why is he going to, why is he going to, um, Miami for is it somebody's gonna come with him? Because there was like rumors that he like he was getting offers. The Los Angeles, both Clippers and Lakers, want him to come. Um, but I was like, why Miami? You know, they got some good young players and Bam Adebayo. They eventually ended up drafting Tyler Hero, going Jogic was still there, and they drafted Kendrick Nunn. All these major pieces that ended up being there, and they traded for Andre Iguodala um, and Jay Crowder. Like I was like, why there? And he proved people like me. And other people were wrong. They're like, this team is very, you know, capable of making it far. And in their first year together, and with you know, his, with his leadership and the mentality that the team has to, had together, you know, they had to get the NBA championship, which makes them look, you know, a bit appetizing for a, a, a free agent that wants to head there. Giannis off at the Kupo. Uh, looks very appetizing for a major star and whoever wants to head there, you know, in, in 2021 free agency season. You know, I, I don't think it's really too many big free agents. This upcoming uh, free agency season besides Eddie Davis, who, you know, he could possibly be signed with the Lakers or he could sign somewhere else. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. But, you know... I think that he played very well. You know, shout out to them guys. Duncan Robinson had a great game in game five, too. He put up 26 points. You know, he was on fire from three that game. Like, golly. Kyle Kuzma couldn't catch a break with all them fouls he was having, especially that one foul on that three. And Duncan Robinson nailed it. He did flop on that corner three, you know, against KCP. That was a little bit of a flop right there. But it just goes to show you that, you know, he's catching on. You know, he he understands the game. Because some people will get away with that stuff. But that one, you got to be a little better about that. Um, But he played very well. Uh, and it's just, like I said, it just goes to show Jimmy Butler's leadership. Kendrick Nunn, um, who was a guy I said that the Heat are missing, uh, considering that he hasn't played well since so he came back from his COVID uh, positive result, and he was playing with the team. He wasn't really playing as much either uh, compared to what he was playing in the regular season when he started. And then, you know, once Goran Dragic went out, he kind of got more minutes, and he actually lifted them in some games, like in that game five when he had like 14, 15 points that game as well. Uh, shooting some nice threes and, you know, was able to create space and get some shots up on his own. Remember that one shot he hit against KCP at the top of the key? It was nothing but swish, nothing but net, man. Uh, so the Heat, like, and shout out to, like, Tyler Harrow too, you know, UK alum. Uh, shout out to him, the way he played in this rookie season, to be, like, the youngest rookie to play in, was he, like, he was, like, one of, one of the youngest players to start in the NBA Finals, you know. Shout out to him. Uh, to, to the way he played in this Miami Heat team as a whole, and Eric Spoelstra, the coaching staff, for them to like make it this far and to beat what people thought was gonna be the Eastern Conference uh, Finals champions in the Milwaukee Bucks, running through the East the way they did, uh, and taking the Lakers to six games. You know, with when you know you look at their teams compared to the Lakers, they kind of undersized. Uh, they're a little bit smaller compared to the Lakers. The Lakers are being a little bit bigger, but they was able to hold on with them. And the Lakers, we're gonna transition to the Lakers. Found ways to hold this team down. You know, the Miami Heat's uh, their bread and butter is they're good defensively, uh, especially perimeter defensive-wise. And, you know, they're very good on offense from the perimeter. 
And in Game Six, we saw we saw that you know the Lakers shut that down. Um, I think that's where the Lakers' strong suit was throughout this series because, and then through the playoffs altogether, because throughout the season, you know, we talked about the Lakers not being as strong of a perimeter defender, defensive team. And you think they would be with all the people that they had with Avery Bradley, even though he wasn't in the bubble, um, Danny Green, uh, Rondo, LeBron James, you know, all these guys who come off as like these perimeter defenders. And AD, too, who we saw guard Jimmy Butler very well in the late half of the series and kind of neutralized him a little bit, especially in that game six and uh we we seen that uh they like they became a better defensive team that's kind of the reason why they dominated through the playoffs it wasn't because of their you know their high packed offense between LeBron James and AD and that was a big help but they the the defense that they played against these teams was really the key reason why they didn't win this NBA championship and salute to them you know it's a testament to who LeBron James is as a player as a leader for him to take this team. Because really, when you really look at this team, you know, they have good players on there, like a LeBron James and AD, of course. But a lot of redemption and a lot of, like, you know, players who was kind of looked, looked like, kind of shunned away from the league. You know, Rondo, uh, Dwight Howard, uh, you know, KCP, you know, even though he's been on the Lakers, you know, uh, JaVale McGee, uh, like these these kinds of players who uh J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, these these kinds of players who, you know, have been tossed around the league, you know, the league ain't really giving them no shots and like the Lakers really made something out of nothing. And of course with the addition of like a Caruso who the Lakers started in game six, which I thought at first wasn't gonna really be too much of a difference, but they got off to a hot start that game. Like they replaced uh Dwight Howard with Caruso on the line, I guess putting A D at the five. And you know, they played phenomenal that game, you know. Uh, with all that talent, and I always preach that, I was telling people this, that I, f- I believe that he can still win. LeBron James is still hot, but as long as those role players ain't hidden and AD's not good, that he can still win. Like, any team can beat them. But when LeBron gets going and he's getting these role players involved, as we saw, KCP showed up big time in these playoffs. Like, all the Lakers fans that used to talk smack about KCP, myself included, because in the beginning of the season, they were like, why is this guy still on the team? You know, he's only on the team because he signed to Clutch Sports, and he probably got some deal with, like, LeBron and Rich Paul to keep him on the team. But he showed his worth through these playoffs. Uh, Danny Green, you know, you know, people got him for that game in game five about the missing a shot. Game six, he showed up, had a crucial 11 points and some major threes for them. Um... Dwight Howard, who who had some good points throughout this series as well, you know, and throughout the season in general. Uh, Anthony Davis, of course, Anthony Davis, he showed up. Caruso, Rondo, Rondo really showed up in that game six, you know, having 19 points off the bench, uh, going, I think, like eight for 11 in, in that game two. He was playing phenomenal. Only had four assists, four rebounds, though. But he was playing phenomenal. He's a big lift for them in these playoffs. And his mind, uh, along with LeBron, you know, I see some interviews of him talking. He said, like, watching, like, LeBron in, like, the 2016 playoffs and, like, the playoffs before they before he became an actual Laker, he was, like, saying that if he can get on the team with LeBron, that there's going to be no team that can beat them in a seven-game series because of their basketball minds together. And, you know, them two are, like, the two main people that be talking in the film. And you see in the, in the way they translate in their games because they both very uh, smart, 
basketball players that can understand the game from on the offensive end and defensive end, and not only just their teams, but other teams as well, you know. And we saw that on this play, how when LeBron would now, Rondo would take over, you know, kind of get the team going and keep, like, energy flowing, kind of take LeBron off of that playmaking um, uh, duty and doing that himself and getting other guys involved, especially with that second unit. Now, Kyle Kuzma, you know, he hasn't been playing. I haven't seen too much of Kyle Kuzma in this you know, in this playoffs or just in general in the regular season, uh, kind of make the Lakers look a little uh, silly for keeping him over Brandon Ingram because if you have Brandon Ingram with these guys, golly, that's the big three right there. Cause, but who's to say Brandon Ingram probably wouldn't play the same because, you know, in, in New Orleans, especially with Zion being now, he got more opportunity, he became the number one guy, so he had that more touches. But who's to say? He probably would have. Uh, but if you go off history of like how LeBron's big threes usually go, you know, you're going to have LeBron doing LeBron things. We'll have a second guy who was going to be AD instead of Bernie to be that like guy he's going to go to and they kind of do like that duo thing. They're going to have that third guy like who, who has been in the past, like a Chris Bosch or Kevin Love, who will be like an assist, like. Like that third guy to be there to like do the work and like kind of provide um, what Chris Bosch does defensively and like you know create like not creating shots but like shooting perimeter shots and Kevin Love rebounding you know outlet passing uh, and becoming a better perimeter shooter. I don't know how they would play with uh, this team. Because if AD was going to be the second guy, especially as a big man, and, you know, AD's been, he's proven to be probably LeBron's best teammate, especially the way they play with each other and they pick a role and just the chemistry they have with each other. I don't know how they would have played that, but it would have been interesting to see. But that's neither here nor there. Um, LeBron James, you know, like I said, a testament for who he is uh, as a leader, as a player. You know, we all laughed at them. I saw a video. Of, the, of, like, just the 2018-2019 Lakers season. Man, it's crazy to think <laughs> that, you know, the, the shenanigans and the mean team that was Lakers of last year. This literally last year. You know, these guys didn't make the playoffs, and now the year later they make the playoffs and they win the NBA championship. Uh, it's, it's just crazy to just see how that happens. You know, who said what they would have done last year if LeBron James didn't go out for those 27 games with that groin injury either? Who said, like, what, what could they have done accomplished then? But man, it <sighs> they did it for this guy. You know, they did it. You know, people like they said that once Kobe died, you know, the Lakers definitely gonna win it. You know, and you know who you can say that was definitely some extra fuel for that fire for doing that. And if, as you saw in the post uh, post games. Uh, Ceremony as well. LeBron was talking about how everybody played because they want their respect, and that's true. Like I said, going back to what I said earlier, like with these redemption arcs that you have with some of these players, like uh, Dwight Howard, uh, would you have Rob Plinka, who many was talking like he wasn't a, a good executive, myself included, you know, especially when you had Magic leaving and like talking, to, like saying some things about Rob, even though they're still good friends, but, like saying some things that a lot of people took it in a negative way about Rob Plinka. Um, you had LeBron James, you know, who wanted his respect because, you know, all this GOAT talk. We'll get into that, too. Uh, and you had Frank Vogel, who wasn't, a, who wasn't a coach for, like, a year or two after formally coaching the Magic. And, you know, he wanted his respect. And, like, the assistants, you know, Jason Kidd, who's been tossed around, not really, but from Brooklyn to Milwaukee and wasn't a coach, but getting his assistant coaching job. Um, Lionel Hollins, like, all these guys that just kind of wanted this, their respect. Rondo. Uh, just all these guys, and they really played hard, and they got this championship. 
And they did it through grit, defense, determination, you know, focus. LeBron kept them on track, even though they was one of the teams that didn't want to resume the season once, especially during that pause in the middle of the playoffs when uh, the Jacob Blake shooting took place. You know, they stayed focused, and they had their eyes on the prize, which was the NBA championship, and they eventually captured it. So salute to them. Now, where does this put LeBron James? You know, I've been seeing a lot of talk, talking about, like, is LeBron James the GOAT now? What is this putting in, like, just in terms of basketball level? Um, I haven't really dived into it, so I'm going to use this time to kind of talk about this just from my own perspective. Um, now I'm only 22 years old. I was born the literally a month or of like a month or so after Jordan won his last championship. So I didn't get to like personally experience it, but from like watching film and like watching like just and knowing about Michael Jordan my whole life and just just knowing the game of basketball and then actually watching LeBron James. You know, LeBron James, he's not in my eyes, you know, he's in my eyes, this is my opinion. He's not the greatest player of all time, but it's not a knock against him. As as not not like he is the he has been the greatest player that that I've seen personally that I've seen. He has been the greatest player that I've got to watch with my own eyes since I've been able to like actually watch like live basketball, not just like VHS tapes or stuff on YouTube of past players. My own eyes, LeBron James has been the best player. But in terms of like this basketball history, I say he's, he's probably right now number two. Now, that's not to say that he can't eventually edge his way to number one. Uh, now, he already have, you know, six finals losses in his career. But if he if he can make it to the finals two more years, you know, he got two more years left on his deal. In the last two years of his deal and win them, and he has six rings, you know, a lot of people going to be like, so what's the argument now? The argument can still be that he lost six times in the finals where Jordan went six for six. One went there six times, won six times. The argument can be made for that. But with LeBron, you know, he, he had those six losses uh, in the finals before. But that's still, let's not take away for the accomplishment of making it to the finals. Like, LeBron James made it to the finals more times than a lot of franchises have. There, You can go look this up. Like, this stat's been pulled up multiple times where he's done made it to the NBA finals. He made it to the NBA finals 10 times. A lot of franchises haven't made it to the finals 10 times. Like, my Pacers haven't made it to the NBA finals 10 times. He got more finals appearance than my Indiana Pacers. Uh, I think he yeah, got more NBA finals appearance than the Rockets, too. Definitely the more than the Clippers. Uh, he got more appearances than the Nuggets. These are the teams you know that I root for. Uh, like he got like that's just a that's a feat itself. Like I think there's only like two or three more franchises that have more finals appearances than LeBron James himself. Like that's just crazy. Uh, but in terms of, like comparing to Michael Jordan, you know, people talk about like how LeBron James is a, is a better all around player than Michael Jordan is. You know, as a pure basketball player, you know you can say that because LeBron James, you know. He is a better passer than Jordan is, you know. Rebounder, uh, you could you could say, you know, I feel like their rebounding levels, it's kind of the same. You know, Le- LeBron James probably got like two two more rebounds than Jordan, but scoring. Now that's a different that's a different subject. Jordan definitely went ten scoring titles. LeBron James only got one. Nobody's ever averaged more points than Michael Jordan. Jordan averaged 30 plus. 35. 
come on now. LeBron James never done that. Defensive player of the year, multiple. Uh, how many times defensive player of the year Jordan got? Yeah, one. I think LeBron probably got one, two as well. Like I said, this is freestyle, y'all. But, you know, just comparing the two, uh, like on a pure basketball level, Jordan just had like that a killer mentality already coming in. You know, a lot of people talk about, well, LeBron was able to do this, blah, 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 this and that. He's he's always been a great player. But he never really kind of got that mentality to after he started playing with Dwayne Wade and the Heat. And that was already, like, what, seven, eight years of, of him being in the league already that he kind of developed that mindset of being that killer because LeBron James took his team to the finals before on his own, 2007 against the San Antonio Spurs. We got swept. And, you know, you could talk about that too Where Jordan had all these instances Where he could have made it to the finals He kept getting stopped by these teams Like the Pistons Oh God, you got stuff in me uh, The Pistons, the Celtics All these, like, Eastern Conference teams Before he got Pippen You could talk about that too He needed help to get to that level But just that mindset Because once LeBron got there too To the finals With D-Wade You know In that first finals Against the Mavericks LeBron James Choked You know He really didn't play Like the LeBron James Of nowhere When Jordan got to the finals Game on It's over with it, it's, it's over I'm here now Like he took over As, as you Have you, have you all seen the, You know The last damn documentary Just know about The Michael Jordan history Like The man dominated He did two Three pieces man He did a three piece Retired for a season And Majority of like the second season, they came back at the end and played, uh, and 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 they played into the Eastern Conference Finals that next year, and then he came. Then after the year after that, did another three P again, you know, as just pure dominance. And when you look at like a lot of teams that he played against compared to a lot of teams that LeBron faced. You know, the different there's different levels of competition there. Different different levels of competition. Not taking away from the Heat and who they are team because they are a good team. But you know, compare that to you to like uh, Utah Jazz. Compare that to Showtime Lakers. Even though those are like the back end of the Showtime Lakers. Uh, compare that to the Trailblazers, the the Seattle SuperSonics. Uh, compare that, like, just compare these teams, and even in the Eastern Conference, like I said earlier, the the Magic with, with Shaq and Penny, the Bad Boy Pistons, the Celtics, the Knicks with Patrick Ewing, them guys, you know, compare, like, just compare those teams. Like, LeBron went to, he went through some teams, like, the 2016, people will talk about that finals. The 2016 finals, ridiculous, you know, that that is, that is a, a great accomplishment for LeBron James in general, like just to come back down through the only team to come back down three one in the NBA Finals, and to do it against a team that's twenty, that's seventy three and nine, so much so that they had to go get Kevin Durant just to come back and beat you the next two seasons. Like man, you know that's that's still a great accomplishment. Like I'm, I want to keep this, you know, I keep saying I just want to kind of keep this fair and try not to come off as like a a George, you know, gobbler, but. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, like, I want to pay respects to both of these players. But, you know, LeBron James is definitely, definitely, and he got two more years left in his contract. And the way he's been playing, too, this man's, he's 35, about to be 36. And he's playing like this already. Jordan stopped playing. He When he got his his, four, his sixth rank, he was 34, 35. 
So, and LeBron James got two more years left. Who said what Jordan would have done if he kept playing afterwards? He he killed himself to the, like, he, like, not really killed himself, but like, he gets mad at himself that he wished he kept playing. And there was a way to, like, they kept playing after he won that ring. But it's been, it's going to be intriguing to see how he hold like, how this continue to, like, play, especially with the way the league is great come back next season with the Nets uh, coming in on the east side with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, who to say where Giannis goes or what they do in Milwaukee? Um, the Warriors returning, uh, the Rockets re- reloading. <laughs> Excuse me. And with whoever gets as their new coach, the Clippers. Um, you know the Nuggets. Who we seen they playing well right now. They're gonna get older and get better. Uh, the Jazz. And you know, and is this the NBA is gonna get a little bit a little bit more strenuous? You know, the Raptors still in the East. The Celtics still in the East. Uh, 76 is what Doc Rivers can do with them. Like, it's just, I, I'm intrigued to see, because Magic Johnson already came out saying that the Lakers are going to repeat again next season. But I'm not I'm not going, you know, I kind of doubted them this year winning it. But next year, I'm really, you know, I'm really not going to say they're going to win it. You, y'all can, you, if you find this video and they some, somehow miraculously win in 2021, you all can, like, pull this clip up and say I'm an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know to my mistakes like I did, like, I want them to do this one, like, that's the reason why I got this Lakers jersey on right now because I was wrong. Oh well, people are wrong. You're not always right. You you give me a person who's always been right their whole life. Hey, you, you point them out to me because I don't know nobody like that. But anyways, like to see how this will play out next year, it'd be very intriguing, especially if they'd be able to bring back all these players or get some new ones. You know, uh, I guess AD's a free agent. Uh, they had Dwight Howard on one year deal. Uh, they have Danny Green on a one-year deal as well. I saw somewhere, too, that Luau Deng is still on a payroll, too, for like $5.5 billion. It's crazy. When is the last time you seen Luau Deng in the league? Cause I remember they did buy out his contract. So the fact he's still on payroll, keep getting that check, Luau Deng. Keep getting that check, brother. Um, so it'll be intriguing to see how the Lakers hold up to next season. Uh, and let me transition this into talking about, like, well, I'm talking about the NBA as a whole. Let's talk about just the bubble. And what the NBA really accomplished with this, with this, you know, bubble that they had for to continue the regular season and to have the playoffs with no hiccups, like the only, I mean, if you want to count like some players sneaking out, like Lou, not really sneaking out, but leaving and going to strip clubs like Lou Will did, or some players sneaking out just to get food, or with like with Daniel Hound situation, you know. Besides that, and I and like the the, the pause for a couple of days for uh, the Jacob Blake shooting uh, that took place in the first round of the playoffs, you know, the the bubble went well effectively for the NBA and WNBA. Uh, they also had a bubble environment down there as well, and they had had a champion crown in the Seattle Storm. Congratulations to them. That's amazing. When you look at all these other leagues and how they've been holding them, you know, you get the NFL who've already like had people test positive. I just got a report today. Nick Saban's test positive for for coronavirus as well. College ball is coming is back. Um, you know, MLB they had test positive for some players have test positive. I think I think the NHL did very well too because they had a champion crown like not too long ago. And I don't I don't remember seeing anything about anybody getting tested positive for that. Even in soccer. Ronaldo got Cristiano Ronaldo got tested positive for for a virus, but for no players to get tested positive for coronavirus for like more than a hundred some days straight, ridiculous. And then the manner in which they was able to pull this off, you know, some people doubted this was going to happen. I was very intrigued to see how this was going to play out, and it played out very well 
for not only just the NBA, for us fans too. Cause we got to enjoy, you know, uh, people were like, well, it's not going to be the same. And, you know, it wasn't the same because people weren't there in the actual live atmosphere. But we, we saw with the McLeod Ultra virtual fans, you know, it kind of made it a little bit fun, a little bit more exciting. Um, as the rounds went on after the second round, they was able to bring in their family. Uh, they was able to get different food. I know it's a big plane to begin at the bubble. They got better chefs and they got better food there. Uh, they got different types of accommodations. Like, it went off very well. And it's just a testament and a salute to Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts and Chris Paul and everybody in the NBA that made this happen and for them to have a successful continuation of a season. Because you really think about it, the NBA season of last, like this, this past, like the season just ended, started a year ago, really. So this is the longest NBA season that we really had because it was like a four month hiatus in between from March to July. Um, that is just incredible. They was able to pull this off in this during this pandemic. And for them to still to spread awareness of like Black Lives Matter and bring awareness of social issues going on in the world or in America more specifically, like I applaud the NBA for being on the front lines of this this progressive movement towards change and safety for like the players and just for sports in general. I think a lot of people need to take heave of like what the NBA is doing. Um, you know, I feel like NBA is etching and it's really getting to the point where it's becoming America's favorite sport. You know, football has dominated scene as being America's favorite sport for a long time. I like football, you know, I always liked it growing up. Didn't really get into it as much until these past couple of years. But NBA, which I feel like, you know, should be America's favorite sport, and you have more, you even have more marketable athletes on there. I feel like now, especially after the the Colin Kaepernick situation, how the NFL handled that, we're starting to see the change into the NBA. And I think with this this season, how they handled it with the bubble, we're starting to see the NBA become the dominant sport in America, the most popular one. Because of the way they've been able to handle these things. And, you know, it might, be, it might not be as popular to, like, some conservatives and people. That's probably why they like the NFL more. Because they're not really bringing as much social awareness to what's going on in terms of minorities and black people as the NBA are. But for people who have, like, a, like a, like a progressive mind and a thoughtful mind and, uh, you know, who really appreciate the players and appreciate the NBA for what they're doing and just the sport of basketball in general. I think it's 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 kind of hard to not see that this that this sport is especially the NBA is has done a marvelous job and has become the best sport in America right now. That's that's just me saying that. You know, I'm a I've been a big basketball fan growing up my whole life. You know, so that's a little bit of bias there. But how can you deny it with the way that this handled this season and in the way like. Like I said, the the marketability of all these players and just basketball as a whole. Like, how can you not? Like, how can you not? Um, so, yeah, I didn't want to, like, you know, talk over too much on this episode because those guys want to wrap up the season. Um, so what does it mean for Trey Ball? You know, stuff still happens in free agency. You know, we're still going to be here. Trey Ball's not going away. There'll be more episodes of Supper and Cinema. I know I haven't posted one in a while. Uh, be more episodes of How You Doing as well. 
Uh, probably won't be as much episodes on Trade Ball. Probably come to you like once every two weeks uh, to talk about stuff like the draft that's coming up. Uh, free agency, definitely, definitely going to talk about free agency. That's another reason why I love the NBA is this free agency part of it, too. It's very fun. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, and, yeah, so appreciate y'all for sticking in with me. I'm going to come to y'all, I don't know, whenever I feel like some stuff about basketball is more to talk about, you know. Right now we got this little coaching carousel going on with all these teams needing a head coach. We are, like I said, I mentioned Doc Rivers is the head coach in uh, Philly right now. I already talked about Steve Nash being the head coach in Brooklyn. Uh, the Clippers need a head coach. Uh, the Rockets need a head coach. My Pacers need a head coach. The Pelicans need a head coach. Don't need a head coach. You know, I'll probably come to you and talk about that whenever that all gets resolved. But yeah, I appreciate y'all uh, sticking with me and listening to this episode. <sighs> Go Lakers! Yay! Okay, I'm done.